Welcome to the Lamb of the Scroll, where we unpack scripture using the rich tradition of the church. I'm your host, John Brayer, and in this episode, we'll be taking a look at Revelation chapter 12. A great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child and wailed aloud in pain as she labored to give birth. Then another sign appeared in the sky. It was a huge red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on its heads were seven diadems. Its tail swept away a third of the stars in the sky and hurled them down to the earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman about to give birth to devour her child when she gave birth. She gave birth to a son, a male child, destined to rule all the nations with an iron rod. Her child was caught up to God and his throne. The woman herself fled into the desert where she had a place prepared by God, that there she might be taken care of for 1260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels battled against the dragon. The dragon and its angels fought back, but they did not prevail, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The huge dragon, the ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world, was thrown down to earth, and its angels were thrown down with it. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have salvation and power come, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his anointed. For the accuser of our brothers is cast out who accuses them before our God day and night. They conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Love for life did not deter them from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great fury, for he knows he has but a short time. When the dragon saw that it had been thrown down to the earth, it pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle, so that she could fly to her place in the desert where, far from the serpent, she was taken care of for a year, two years, and a half year. The serpent, however, spewed a torrent of water out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with the current. But the earth helped the woman and opened its mouth and swallowed the flood that the dragon spewed out of its mouth. Then the dragon became angry with the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commandments and bear witness to Jesus. This was Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 through 17. Revelation chapter 12 has one additional verse, verse 18, but it really serves as a transition into the next sentence, which is why I didn't include it in this reading. Now, when you first hear this reading, it it can seem very out of place, especially given what we know about the New Testament. Because if you think about the books in the New Testament, they are very historically grounded, right? We have the Gospels, Acts of the Apostles, and these letters, all of which are really placed into important context and give us a lot of good historical information. And then you get to the last book of the Bible, Revelation, and it seems to take a completely different direction. And so it it at times can be very difficult to understand this book. So what I wanted to do in this episode was provide at least a couple thoughts about how to interpret a particular passage out of the book of Revelation. Now, you might know that this podcast, the name of it is The Lamb and the Scroll. That actually comes out of another Revelation passage from chapter 5, 
which I looked at in a much earlier episode. And this one, I wanted to focus on on Revelation chapter 12. And to do that, what I'd like to do is first start by giving you some background about the book of Revelation. So what is this book? Well, it's a book that was likely written towards the end of the first century AD. And it's written in a time when uh, many Christians were were being challenged by um, secular authorities and were being put in places where they felt like they might need to compromise their faith. And so essentially what the author is trying to convince them is that uh, there's this great cosmic battle that's taking place and he wanted to encourage them to persevere in their faith, not to give in to the temptation to water down what they believed or to water down practices. And instead of just writing that explicitly, he wrote using a style, and when I say he, I'm referring to John, who's traditionally considered to be the author of the book of Revelation, uh, the same author of the Gospel of John, the Evangelist. Uh, he used a style of writing called apocalyptic literature, which is full of imagery and symbols, and as a result can be very challenging to understand, hence why it's very easy to get confused when you look at all these dragons running around and, and all these different numbers and colors and places being used. And so that's where we get to this story is what are, what's the symbolic meaning of this story? So like any good biblical exegete or someone who studies scripture, it's wise to start with the context in which something was written and to start with literally what is it saying? And so again, the context in which this uh, passage was written is the greater context of Revelation, uh, at least the book of Revelation, which is that of apocalyptic literature written to people who are experiencing challenges in their faith. If we start again with this passage and just take a quick look at it, we get the storyline of a woman who's laboring to give birth. She eventually gives birth to a male child, and it's clear that there's this dragon, this red dragon that's described, who is going to devour the child. But the woman flees and is protected in the desert. Meanwhile, the dragon is up in heaven battling with Michael, the archangel, uh, and their angels are also battling. Clearly, Michael and the good angels are victorious, so the dragon is thrown back down to earth, and there's this great song of praise that is sung right in the middle of this uh, particular chapter. Now, if you want more on those particular verses, that little song or that uh, hymn of praise, check out the interview episode I released yesterday with Deacon Gill, where he actually reflects on those few verses, uh, and it's a really good conversation. But anyway, back to the literal sense of the story. The dragon is thrown from heaven back down to earth. He pursues the woman again. The woman is still saved in the desert, protected by God. And so what happens is the dragon turns his attention to the offspring of the woman, who are described as those who keep God's commandments and bear witness to Jesus. And that's really where this part of the story ends. Now, the, the literal sense by itself doesn't necessarily unlock all of the clues of this passage. It's really when we dig deeper that we can perhaps understand what's going on here. And so I'd like to pr propose four different ways to understand the woman in this story, which will then help us to uh, consider what the author is trying to communicate. So again, four different ways to understand who or what the woman represents. So the first possible interpretation here is that the woman could represent Eve. Now, why is this an appropriate comparison? Well, first of all, go back to Genesis the very beginning of the story. We've got the two creation accounts followed by the story of the fall. And hopefully you'll remember from that story of the fall, there's a really important verse in Genesis chapter 3. It's chapter 3, verse 15, frequently referred to as the Proto-Evangelium, 
or in other words, the first gospel. This is essentially where God promises that there's going to be a savior. And he, he references this conflict that's going to take place between the woman who in the Old Testament context, of course, refers to Eve, the woman, her offspring, and this serpent. Fast forward now to Revelation. And at the beginning of this story, what do we have here? Well, we have a conflict that involves the woman, her child, and a dragon. And so very clearly, there's, there's some reference to the same conflict from Genesis. And interestingly, if you look at the in-text references uh, that are present here, there are multiple references specifically to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 uh, in, in this chapter uh, of Revelation, Revelation chapter 12. And so it's very clear that in some ways, the woman is supposed to be representing Eve, the mother of humanity in some senses, right? The first, uh, among the first humans. And so this battle that's being described between good and evil is intended to be played out backwards as well to say like, hey, this battle goes all the way back to the first times, to the very earliest fall when there's this conflict. Because again, remember, God doesn't abandon Adam and Eve, just like he doesn't abandon the woman in this story. And so this battle between good and evil is not a new battle. It's not a battle that was invented in the time of Jesus. It goes all the way back to Eve. So that's one possible way of beginning to understand this story. The second one that I would propose and that many others have proposed is to read the woman as a representation of the nation of Israel. This is a fascinating comparison. And I think this is where some of the, the other elements of the story make a lot more sense. Because think about what happens in the story. There's a woman who gives birth to someone who is going to rule all the nations. But this woman also experiences great times of trial and persecution out in the desert. Ultimately, she is saved by God. Well, what does that sound like but a retelling of the Old Testament story of the Israelites? They spend time wandering in the desert, pursued by the devil but protected ultimately by God. And ultimately, it's this nation that will lead to the foundation, or excuse me, to the birth of Jesus, the Messiah. And so in many ways, I think it's fair to read Revelation 12 as a reflection of the Old Testament narrative of the Israelites in the desert, waiting in this time of persecution, tempted, but ultimately saved by God. Again, it's another story of this cosmic battle between good and evil. So that's perhaps a second way of interpreting or understanding Revelation 12. The third possible way of interpreting or understanding Revelation chapter 12 comes down to the woman representing Mary. This is perhaps a very simple comparison to see because the child of the woman in Revelation 12 is the one who is going to rule all the nations. And very clearly that is Jesus, right? There's almost no question about that. And so then back up a little bit, who's the mother of Jesus? Well, of course, that's Mary. So there's, again, some interesting comparison about the suffering of Mary that she went through when she saw Jesus going through the passion that could be compared to the suffering of this woman that is present throughout the story. Again, ultimately, God protects Mary. He protects um, the mother of Jesus. But she suffers, right? And that's a reality of her experience in life. The fourth possible comparison between the woman and something or someone else is a comparison of the woman to the church. So the woman representing the church. Now, how do we get to this particular interpretation? Actually, 
If we look at the very end of the story, I think this is a, a pretty clear indication that this is a possible reading of the of this um, chapter from Revelation. Because the offspring of the woman are described as those who keep God's commandments and bear witness to Jesus. That's verse 17. Well, who is that? But ideally, that's the church, right? Those are the members of the church who keep God's commandments and bear witness to Jesus. And so read this way, the woman representing the church, I think this can start to make a lot of sense. Let's especially go back to that original context in which the book of Revelation was written. It's written for people who are experiencing persecution and trial, people who are tempted to compromise their faith as opposed to living it out fully. And here at the end of this vision, John encourages very subtly his readers to keep the faith, to keep God's commands and bear witness to Jesus. So let's go back to the story then with this fourth interpretation in mind. What might be uh, the main messages that are being communicated through this interpretation? Well, I think there are two main ones that we could focus on. First of all, hopefully you noticed as I read the story earlier that at the end of the story, the woman was protected. Just like God protects his church, the church will be protected by God. But number two, at the same time, the dragon still pursues those offspring of the woman in the same way that the devil still pursues you and I as members of the church, right? We're not immune to suffering. We're not, we're not going to escape all temptation or trial or persecution. That's not reality. And that's what this story is reminding its in initial readers back in the first century, as well as you and I here in the 21st century, that our lives are not going to be easy. Again, there's a cosmic battle at play. That's the main storyline that we're starting to see unfolded here, both in looking backwards to Old Testament uh, stories, but also to present day stories, at least in the first century. And then also for us now, this cosmic battle between good and evil continues to get played out. But we know ultimately at the end how this story concludes. It concludes with God winning. If you had to summarize the main message of Revelation in a nutshell, that's what it is. God wins. Of course, John tells this very symbolically. He tells it by using these metaphors and he, he has these visions that he relays that indicate that God wins. But at the end of the day, that's what this book is about. God winning the cosmic battle between good and evil. And so as we, you and I, begin to wrap up the Easter season, which concludes this Sunday as we celebrate Pentecost, let's rejoice in that victory that was won for us. As we read in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, they conquered him by the blood of the lamb.